Canada's failing government-run healthcare is on life support, and heavy-handed vaccine mandates are about to make the problem a whole lot worse. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. So you're probably paying close attention to the rollout of these vaccine mandates and wondering what it's going to do to our healthcare system. We know that throughout the pandemic, we have heard countless news stories about the number of cases and stories of individuals who have not been able to get the right treatment that they needed, about surgeries that have been canceled, about people who have ended up dying because they don't get the care that they need. So these are the sort of unintended consequences or the second and third order impacts of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And like I said in the intro, things are about to get worse because of more government meddling. Government meddling in the first place is part of the problem in our healthcare system. We don't have the resources that we need. We don't have the right allocation of scarce resources because our entire system is government planned and centrally planned. And here we have more government interventions making the problem worse, forcing people who would otherwise be happy to deliver services, uh, people who are trained as doctors and nurses or healthcare professionals who will not be able to go to work because of a mandate that is being enforced by the government. We're going to get to all of that today. If you are watching this video on YouTube right now, I'm going to stop you and ask you to please like this video. Don't forget to subscribe to True North and make sure you hit that little red notification bell so that you never miss one of our videos. If you're watching on Facebook, please make sure to like and share this video. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the show. Don't don't forget to like the True North page as well. And finally, if you're listening to this show in podcast form, please, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. It really helps us out. And don't forget to subscribe to this show. Vaccine mandates are causing a huge problem in Canada, a huge problem specifically in Canada's hospitals. So I'm going to read a little bit first from Tristan Hopper over in the National Post. He's a great writer and he has uh, such an amusing way of putting things. So he says this, Remember all those healthcare workers we banged pots for and spent months proclaiming as heroes. Thousands of them are about to get fired. Under new federal vaccine mandates that Routers has called one of the strictest vaccine mandates in the world, any healthcare worker who refuses a COVID shot faces dismissal with no options to substitute regular testing or even opt out on account of prior COVID-19 recovery. So here we are, Canada taking the infamous title of one of the strictest vaccine mandates in the world. While implementing a heavy-handed, strict mandate like this, strict measures are clearly going to have consequences. And one of the consequences is that a lot of people in the healthcare profession, a lot of people who are experts, a lot of people who understand the science, understand the pros and cons of taking the vaccine, have chosen for themselves that they don't want to do it. Upwards of 20%, roughly 20% of some healthcare professionals are not vaccinated. For instance, out in British Columbia, the Nurses Union says that roughly 20% of nurses are not vaccinated for COVID-19, which of course means that we could be losing a whole bunch of our workforce, a whole bunch of the people who are there to help people when they are sick because of these heavy-handed ma mandates. So the first consequence that we're seeing is that emergency rooms are already shutting their doors because they don't have enough 
enough staff. They don't have enough resources to stay open. Here is a story from TNC.news. Three BC emergency rooms shutter their doors, locals told to drive an hour away. So three BC emergency departments have closed due to staffing issues and local residents in need of medical care are being told to look elsewhere. According to the Vancouver Sun, interior health hospitals in Ashcroft, Clearwater and Elkford have either closed fully or partially due to what health authorities are causing unforeseen limited staffing availability. Interior Health has not provided details on what has caused the staffing shortages or whether it's pandemic-related. The BC Nurses Union, however, publicly voiced its opposition to BC's order to mandate vaccines for those working in the healthcare sector. You may remember this story over in the Globe and Mail. It came out about a month ago. BC Nurses in turmoil as province pushes mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations for healthcare workers. I'll just quickly read a bit from this story. Over in the Globe and Mail, it came out on September 21st. 2021. One of British Columbia's largest health unions embroiled in an internal dispute over its opposition to mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations in the healthcare sector is facing a leadership crisis. Just days after the BC Nurses Union with 48,000 members came out against the province's mandatory vaccine order, the union announced an abrupt departure of its top official. So there is political turmoil over at the BC Nurses Union, but again, they oppose the vaccine mandates. So here it says, we cannot support any order which will serve to remove even a single nurse or other healthcare worker from the healthcare system at a time of severe crisis, said the union in a September 13th, 2021 statement. According to the union, roughly 20% of nurses are not vaccinated for COVID-19. By the end of September, over 100 healthcare workers were removed from their positions because they refused to get their shots. Vaccination will be mandatory for all workers by October 26th. Those who refuse to comply will be put on unpaid leave. And so it's not just British Columbia. This is a story from the National Post. Perfect storm. Ontario health sector braces for worse staff shortages as vaccine mandates come due. So here we learn that hundreds of Ontario workers in hospitals and long-term care could be out of a job in the coming weeks because they did not get vaccinated against COVID-19, further complicating what advocates call a perfect storm of staff shortages. Ontario has not followed Quebec's lead in mandating immunization for all healthcare workers, but many hospitals have implemented their own hardline policies, deadlines for workers to show proof of their shots or face unpaid leave or termination are now looming. For instance, just in the Waterloo, Wellington region alone, there are over 250 individual hospital staff who are on leave due to unwillingness to get vaccinated. And this is, again, happening all over the country. This is reported over at TNC.news, unvaccinated Quebec nurses to have their license suspended amid staffing shortage. Amid a nursing shortage in Quebec, thousands of nurses in the province could be suspended without pay if they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Roughly 15,000 healthcare workers could be suspended without pay beginning on October 15, 2021, according to the health minister. Additionally, the Quebec Order of Nurses has said it will be suspended nursing licenses of any nurse who is not fully vaccinated beginning this Friday. So of course that was the big news of the story that we were heading towards this deadline that Quebec had set for its healthcare workers to be vaccinated but we learned this week that Quebec will push that deadline back one month until November 15th so Quebec pushes back vaccine deadline to November 15th for healthcare workers despite repeated claims that the October 15th deadline would not be pushed back. We learned on Wednesday, Quebec Health Minister Christian Dubé announced he is giving healthcare workers 
30 more days to get two vaccine doses, admitting that losing thousands of workers due to vaccine mandate will cause Quebec to run into a wall, the minister said. Workers in the healthcare network will now have until November 15th to get their two shots to avoid being suspended. And so, of course, the CBC being the CBC is completely disappointed by this idea that the Quebec government is giving people one more month uh, to try to encourage them to get vaccinated. And so this was the headline they ran over in the CBC. It says, by blinking first on vaccine deadline, Quebec may have given unvaccinated healthcare workers the upper hand. So of course, the CBC doing what they do, which is uh, dividing Canadians and pitting us against each other. Here, they have divided the vaccinated against the people trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. And we're, we're told in this sort of gloomy headline that the unvaccinated have got the upper hand. And here they, let me just read the first couple of paragraphs here because it's pretty funny. It says, thousands of unvaccinated healthcare workers have been given an extra 30 days to get vaccine doses that have been available to them for months. So right off the bat, the first sentence, we we are told that these people have already had the opportunity to get vaccine for months. The vaccine has been available for months. They still haven't gotten it. And for some reason, Quebec is giving them another 30 days. Wednesday's compromise on a vaccine mandate is raising concerns. The Quebec government has all but squandered its leverage when it comes to pushing holdouts in the healthcare system to get their shots. Weak, 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 said Nathan Freeland, an emergency room nurse at the Lakeshore General Hospital in Montreal's West Island. The way I see it, you have a bunch of healthcare professionals acting unprofessionally and they've tested the resolve of a politician and they got their answer. So, so uh, the CBC doesn't exactly hide their opinion. They are obviously very, very pro-vaccine mandate and they are telling the side of people who are angry at the Quebec government for not being more totalitarian and aggressive in their push to force people to get vaccines even against their will. So nice going over there. And just as an amusing aside, as True North broke during the election campaign, the CBC itself does not require vaccines. It does not have a mandatory vaccination policy in its offices, in its studios. They do not require their own staff to get vaccinated, and yet they love to push these stories about how terrible it is when provincial governments don't force vaccine mandates on um, on their on their workers. They had lots and lots of stories about how outrageous it was that the Conservative Party of Canada and uh, Aaron O'Toole did not force candidates to get vaccinated. So they love to push this idea that everyone else should force people to get vaccinated. And then, of course, when it comes to their own office and their own company and the way that they run their business, they do not require it. So just a little bit of hypocrisy over at the CBC. And of course, the, the, the problem, the, the problem, of course, with this idea of like a one size fits all approach that everyone must get vaccinated, everyone must have the exact same recourse in, in dealing with a very sort of complex medical issue that we should all have the exact same opinion that we should all have the exact same treatment. Of course, that is problematic on so many levels. Everybody is different. Everybody has um, a different sort of equation and calculation that they look at when they're determining whether or not to get vaccinated. I mentioned on the show the other day that I decided to get vaccinated myself, but I am not on the side of vaccine mandates. I think that for me and my family, it made sense. I did research for me personally again, and I think that everyone out there is entitled to their own opinion. But for me, 
when it came to the the threat of either COVID, getting getting COVID-19, which I haven't had yet, um, the, the idea of getting it and some of the potential uh, negative consequences uh, that come from COVID, not just having it and, and the threat of dying from it, but, but potentially long-term threats. And you weigh that against the possibility of something going sideways, something going wrong uh, with the vaccine, which does seem to happen in a very small number, but still a very, very small number. I, I, weigh, I weighed the two and decided that I would rather take my chances with the vaccine. I also wanted uh, the ability to protect people around me. Like I said, my um, elderly parents who are also vaccinated, I want to be able to see them. I have two little kids and obviously they can't get vaccinated. So I want to try to protect myself to protect them. And then also just in terms of my ability uh, to travel, I like to go, my, my family lives out in Vancouver. I like to be able to jump on a plane and visit them without worrying too much about um, getting sick on a plane. And I, I do like to travel. My family likes to travel. So for, for us, it just made sense to get vaccinated. However, the idea that we are going to force everybody in society to make the exact same decisions uh, for themselves, you know, it, obviously their equation might be different. If you've had a negative reaction to a vaccine in the past, or if you prefer to have a different kind of proactive treatment, if you've had COVID in the past and recovered, you had the antibodies, or if you're not too worried about COVID, if you if you think that you would rather get COVID and, and deal with that than deal with the potential side effects of a vaccine, that's totally fine. And that's totally within your right in a free society to make those kind of decisions. And so the more that we're creeping towards this idea that we all have to have the same opinion, that's obviously a huge problem. And on top of that, you have a second layer, which is that do you really trust a big bureaucratic and competent government um, to manage the system, to have another layer of um, documentation to determine whether or not you can go to a restaurant based on what vaccine you've had, given all of the conflicting information that we've had over time. You know, we're now in a situation where some people have had uh, mixed doses, right? If you took your first dose of AstraZeneca and then they pause that and said if you had AstraZeneca go ahead and go get one of the other doses and now some jurisdictions don't recognize you as being fully vaccinated if you've had two different vaccinations even though you were following public health um, advice at the time or, you know we're, we're, we're dealing with something that we don't really understand that's constantly changing and somehow we're supposed to again trust the government um, to oversee this whole system uh, and that doesn't even get into the privacy concerns and so there's just obviously so many reasons why conservatives oppose vaccine mandates and again these are just a few of them there are many many more that haven't even gotten to and so this decision to implement the vaccine mandate in hospitals to say that if you don't have the vaccine that you are going to lose your job that you're going to get fired, you're going to put on unpaid leave, punishing you until you change your mind or what, go find another job. This just makes the problem so much worse because we already have huge shortages in Canada's healthcare system. We have a government-run um, system, a terrible way to allocate scarce resources and scarce goods. There are no other options in, in most cases. You go to the hospital, if that hospital is really busy and overrun, it's not like you can just choose to go to another hospital, you have another option. Usually you just have to wait. And this idea that we are making our scarce system artificially even more scarce by firing people who have the skill and the capacity needed to help, um, but because they don't conform ideologically, you are going to make them sit at home, um, again, makes this problem of, in our healthcare system so much worse. So, so this is just the worst time to implement a vaccine mandate because COVID-19's deadly effect on hospitals will get even worse. And this is in terms of delays, in terms of postponed surgeries and so on. So this was a story from July, 2021. More than 2,000 patients in Canada died while waiting for medical care in 2020. 
2020, according to a report, at least 2,367 patients across Canada died on a waiting list for medical care in 2020, according to a report. The results were obtained by a think tank called Second Street which use responses from public data and freedom of information requests submitted to provincial health departments and hospitals. It counted patients who died while waiting for surgery, diagnostic scans, and appointment with specialists. And, you know, this is, of course, this is incredibly tragic, but we've been hearing these kind of stories throughout the pandemic in Canada. So back in March 2021, there was a story over in CTV that said this, nearly 354,000 surgeries, procedures, consultations were postponed due to COVID-19, according to a report. So these figures were released by that same group, Second Street, secondstreet.org, which drew its information from freedom of information requests it submitted in June 2020 to health departments across Canada, as well as Ontario. So that all just happened in the first few months of the pandemic. It's so wild to imagine how much COVID has just slowed our healthcare system to a halt. And in terms of any other illness aside from COVID, it is a secondary concern. And because so many of the scarce resources were devoted towards helping COVID patients, other people people were not. Um, here is another story from October 2021. Dr. warns that 200 surgeries a day are being canceled in Saskatchewan alone. Saskatchewan has been forced to cancel 200 surgeries a day as it tries to combat the rising numbers of cases, according to Dr. Hassan Masri, an intensive care specialist who works at Royal University Hospital and St. Paul's Hospital in Saskatoon. He expects the cancellations will continue, as will the ramifications on people's health. So we clearly have a problem when it comes to socialized medicine in Canada, and instead of taking a pause, trying to determine how we can make our healthcare system better, how we can improve perhaps the design, the structure, how we can make it work better for everyone. Instead of that, we are in a situation where criticizing healthcare and talking about the need to restructure it, it just doesn't happen. As we saw in the last federal election, as soon as Aaron O'Toole even mentioned the idea of having more private delivery, private care, he was completely demonized and the liberals ran an attack machine uh, backed by the liberal media, backed by the legacy media, backed by the CBC, which made Aaron O'Toole just completely stop in his tracks and stop talking about it. So we can't have a real conversation about the issue in Canada and rather than try to at least improve the system that we have, we have this harsh, heavy-handed, ideologically driven mandate that will just make the system so much worse. I'm Candace Malcolm and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.